Welcome to this month's free episode. To listen to our regular full-length episodes, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash datologypod. We publish two full-length episodes per week, plus one monthly bonus episode. You can subscribe to our Substack at datologycoach.substack.com. And in addition to the two weekly podcast episodes, you'll get weekly dating advice columns. Happy listening, and fuck that guy. Datology Coach Podcast, first free episode of the month. Hi, Sarah. Oh, hi. What did you say? Welcome to Aries season. <laughs> did you get your coffee? I did. All right, Sarah, we're going to we're going to jump right into something that I caught just before we uh logged in together for it the was, show. It was serendipitous, really. It really was. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. The universe really delivers when we need it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm just going to I'm just going to play it. Sure. And then we can we can discuss it. Okay. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Cuz I think people are going to be a little split on this. Maybe. Maybe not. Go grab yourself a glass of wine, pour yourself a glass of Chardonnay, Mm. Tara's at it again, and here we go. Max on Tinder seems to be popular on TikTok. Let's just go with uh, another bad date that I had from Tinder. So I'm talking to a girl for a couple of days, and I give her my address, and she's going to come over. We're going to go on our first date. Giving the address on the first date. Bad idea, women or men. Just a heads up. Well, about six hours or so before the date, I decide I'm not up for it. So I canceled. I was really nice about it. I said, maybe we could do it another time, whatever. She doesn't reply back. Well, the time of our date appears and somebody's knocking on my door. I'm sitting in the old uh, recliner here, old Betsy. I don't know why I just called it that, but, and I'm like, I just moved here a month ago. Who would have my address? This doesn't make any sense. Well, the door keeps knocking and the doorbell keeps ringing. So I look out the window and I see a car I do not recognize whatsoever. And then my phone dings. It's her. She says, hey, I know you didn't want to go on a date, but I made you supper. Stuffed peppers. Which I love stuffed peppers. But seems a little crazy to me. So I ignore, and I decide I'm just going to watch a movie. She can go away. Knock, knock, knock. Ring, ring, ring. Ding, ding, ding. Whatever the phone does, she's not stopping. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to give her a line of bull crap. So I text her, and I'm like, hey, I'm at work. I got called in. Her reply is, your car is in the driveway. I said, how do you know what kind of car I drive? We've never met. So I'm like, no, I got picked up, whatever. Um, just, I'm not there, so you can leave. She doesn't believe me. Knock, knock, ring, ring, ding, ding. Keeps fucking going. It's not stopping, okay? She's like, I made you supper. I'm trying to be nice to you, blah, blah, blah. And she's just blowing up my phone. Then she starts flipping out on me and stuff like that, calling me a big asshole and things. I said, listen, I canceled. I told you we're not going to go on a date today. I just was not up for it. And I said, I'm not home, and you need to leave my house because you're knocking and you're ringing and you're texting me, and it won't stop. Well, after a little while, it goes away. And I was like, oh, thank God, she's done. Well, then I get a text, and she says, hey, just so you know, I stayed in Milwaukee. I'm parked down the street. So if you come home, I can come over then. What the hell, man? Finally, she gave up. But the next morning, I get a text. And she says, just so you know, I slept in my car. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to come over. So I just decided to stay. Be careful on Tinder, everybody. What? Okay. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Let's uh let's Sarah, let's uh hear your thoughts first. 
okay. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I, I would like to ask, in general, why are men? <laughs> um, that's, that is number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, I think, is... Um, this woman is uh it's not giving me healthy it's not giving me healthy attachment style um but i i am mostly tired and truly just exhausted and worn down by men throwing around terms like crazy when a crazy woman in their lives means a minor inconvenience mm-hmm. versus a crazy man in a woman's life often means violence or death. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, just don't fucking care. It's just, oh, is this guy sad? I don't fucking care. <laughs> is he sad that he's single? I don't fucking care. He's he no he's not single. Apparently, he has a girlfriend. Well, he doesn't even I- want to date. First of all, like if you want to date, if you want to be dating, you don't cancel a date the day of. Yeah, let's address that part because okay. it's not as though he said, "Oh, I have to cancel because I I, I don't feel well." That's, right, he that's said, not "I don't he feel like it." Right. So you don't feel right. like dating then. Right. That's canceling last minute on the day of a date is just it's the height of rudeness and it is the reddest of red flags that someone is not interested in you. especially (laughs) if they don't try to reschedule the date now we have talked about this before where somebody cancels a first date and then the guy comes back with oh let me get you dinner Mm -hmm. oh let me bring and i have said this is a test to see if the woman's lying yeah and here's the thing that's why this woman did that that's why this woman did that yeah well, right. Oh. And like I said, it's it's not giving me healthy attachment style. Like, there's there's all kinds of things we could say about that response. <laughs> um, right. I, I just... I just kind of get it. <laughs> I just kind of get where she's at and and how this confluence of events just sort of drove her over the edge. Because this guy isn't even a catch anyway right like she probably already felt like she was lowering her standards to accept a date and then mm-hmm. he had the fucking audacity to be like you know i just i just don't feel like it yeah and and we're also not hearing the full story because how much do you want to bet this woman invested days if not weeks of texting with this yeah, guy probably and invested yeah. a ton of time and this guy because he was never interested in the first place because he was enjoying the attention decided exactly yeah. And that's no, what, and not- that's that's the other thing about this douche is that mm-hmm. he's clearly not interested in dating, right? He's just interested right. in collecting bad date stories, yeah, to share with the internet so that women can, uh, uh, what's it called? Not sympathize, girl, but uh, Fun. yeah, so they so they can go into full pick me mode, right? And Sarah, would would you be surprised if I told you <laughs> that? A lot of the comments were of from women criticizing and making fun of this woman. There were a handful that were li- that were saying things along the lines of, "But you canceled on her. That's rude." Right. Yeah. And of course, he came back with, 
I told her I just wasn't into it or I told her, no, 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 no. You didn't say I wasn't into it. You said I'm not up to it, which we all know implies that you're not feeling well, but isn't you actually saying you're not feeling well? It's a let me keep you on the hook statement. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Right. So. Well, and he gave her his address. Right. Right. And which I'm not saying know. she should have gone over there, but like I, I just the villain is not who he thinks it is here, right? <laughs> right. She did something. She acted on instinct because she knew he was fucking lying. Yeah, right. That's what this is about. Yeah. Hi, dude. She knew you were lying, and she caught you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Let's be clear. I don't believe for a second that she went over there in the hopes of actually getting to have a date with him. I think she went over there intentionally wanting to catch him in a lie. Right. And then this whole, like, how do you know it's my car? Well, then whose car is it? Like, (laughs) do you have a roommate we have never talked about? Like, who else's car could it be? Come on. Right. And you know what? If you're, if a man is going to say, don't give your address out, men or women. Okay. Women don't get to joke about that. That's what I'm saying. Like, Like, I'm just, I just have no sympathies for this guy right? having an interaction with a crazy stalker right. because there's no danger here right? for him I don't all. try to. He's do not try, go ahead. minorly inconvenienced. Right. Don't try to equate what we deal with when a guy, if a guy were to pull this bullshit versus oh, yeah. terrifying. what you deal with. It, it would be terrifying, terrifying if it's a woman. Mm-hmm. This, you are not terrified. You clearly think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, she, well, sit- and that's the other piece about this is that if if he really thinks that she is crazy, which I'm doing in like big air quotes, right? Because <laughs> we all know when men use the word crazy, it just means I got called on my shitty behavior. <laughs> I a woman, <laughs> right? Um, it's meaningless when it comes from men, which is why I'm using the word crazy. But like the mm-hmm. other piece of this is like he's 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 belittling her. Mm-hmm. He's making fun of her. <laughs> Look how attached she got to me. Yeah, that's all the that's all these are. It's yeah. it's just a humble brag, wrapped up in a quote unquote bad date story. Mm-hmm. We see you, sir. We see you. We do and uh, if I ever catch you in Wisconsin, it's on, my dude. Yes, you lose, you get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs> all right, moving on. Sarah, spin that wheel for me. All right. Well, here's a short one, um, but it's a good plenty to talk about. What is the difference between someone who has an avoidant attachment style and someone who is just being a manipulative prick? <laughs> and Maybe Sarah, not a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I say this as somebody... Who is an avoidant with an avoidant personality yeah, disorder. Maybe not. Maybe not a lot. <laughs> you know, when... I cancel plans last minute when I shut people out. Uh, that just because I'm aware of why I'm doing it doesn't make it okay. It's still toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the difference there is right. That's that's one difference. I'm very aware of why I do that. I talk myself through it. I have that level of self awareness. So that's one. An avoidant is 
relatively self-aware and they know why they're being an avoidant. Well, they're not, I, I don't think they're always self-aware. Do you? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm projecting because I'm an avoidant and I'm very self-aware. Uh, yeah, I think you I, might I don't be. Know, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, that is one difference. I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know I'm doing something that I probably shouldn't do and I'm doing it because of X, Y, Z. <laughs> but see, and the reason why I say this is because avoidance become avoidant because their needs, their feelings were not validated, were not met during their, during their developmental stage. And so they had to they had to attend to their own needs. But in order to do that, they had to be able to identify those needs. And so I believe, at least for me, that is what made me so attuned. And to be that attuned, there is a level of self-awareness mm -hmm. that is involved. Yeah. That's why I say, when you're an avoidant and you have to do everything on your own, and this happens with, I think, with anxiously attached as well, I think because we be, we developed that attachment style because our primary caregivers were not there in some way, whether it was emotionally, physically, whatever the reason was. And some of us develop an avoidant attachment, and some develop an anxious attachment, or a care, we become the, the the caregiver. We become the parent to someone who is incapable of parenting us, but. In both cases, our our needs aren't being met, and we have to meet them on our own. But in order to do that, we have to become, we have to become, we have to become more attuned. We have to be able to identify them. So that's just this. That's my my personal opinion. I think avoidance te tend to be more self aware, but the main one is avoidance. Avoid. We aren't crazy about situations that involves a high risk of rejection. Whereas someone who's narcissistic, they are, they gravitate towards those situations because they love being approval or attention adjacent. Mm -hmm. So an avoidant is going to self-isolate. Narcissists don't typically do that. They seek out people who they can find is more supply. They seek out people that they can put into or, or make their support system because narcissists tend to surround themselves with people who constantly tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. It's hard to be a narcissist alone. Right. <laughs> Avoidance. We are, we're loners. That's the main difference. So is it a case of uh, someone just, they shut down or is it just a case of someone who's intentionally hurting you but doesn't care, if that makes sense? Well, it does. Um, in so we that's and that's the end of the question. That's that's the full extent of what's written here. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that is the question because I kind of took it to mean um, in effect. When you first start dating somebody, how do I tell the difference between someone with an avoidant attachment style versus someone who is just being manipulative? Well, when you first start dating somebody, you're not going to have that backstory, or you shouldn't. You yeah, should not, right? Nor should you feel comfortable asking, oh, is this because of your mom? Is that why you're acting like a prick? Right. Um, <laughs> so, in effect, there is no difference. Right. Avoidance... 
we tend to get, we get triggered. Sure. Something yeah. triggers us. It's not that we don't want the intimacy. It's that it terrifies us. Right. We want it very much, but we struggle. We struggle with it. We struggle with that internal conflict and that internal fear of intimacy because what we learned when we were very young is no one's going to be there for me. Yeah. Everybody leaves. And that that's those are the messages that I had. Those are the messages. I, I think I was telling you... <laughs> I've mentioned that I'm getting the website redesigned mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are all these things I need to do. And I thought, Oh wait, someone said, well, why don't you just hire somebody? And it was like light bulb. Wait a minute. I can, I can do that. Yeah. It, it would never occur to me. Not that it would never occur to me, but I have to do everything myself mm-hmm. because I don't rely on anybody. I, I cannot rely on anybody else. And I have to say, thankfully, that this process with this designer has been fantastic. She's been great. Good. Uh, but that's something too, where we don't let a lot of people in. We don't go to people for help. Yeah. We don't show a lot of emotion. You know, I was, <clears throat> I was, I think I told you this when my fist, my sister was first diagnosed a, a few months ago. And I said, this is going to go really fast. Mm-hmm. And I said it to my sister my other sister and my other sister who's very Catholic said, Kristen, you have to have faith. And I was like, mm. nope, no, I will not do that. And <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I do not. And I realized that I needed it to go fast. Well, yeah. Right. I needed yeah. that, that idea of my sister lingering of this looming, that losing yeah. her looming would be absolutely devastating for me. And hurt, I kn- probably. <laughs> and hurt much yeah. more. Yeah. So yeah, of that's course. the, right, the avoidant of, let, I get, get it out, get it out of the way, let's do this, I just get it done. Whereas I think somebody more anxious would prolong it. And my, my other sister is very, very anxiously attached. Mm. And I am not. And so I realized that's why, you know, even if, if, a doctor said to me that one of my pets was dying. I would say, "Can you? Are they in pain?" And if they confirmed that the pet was in pain, I would say, "Can Can you do this now?" Yeah. I could not in any way take the pet home and you wait. Off their pain. To, no. It, well, not only it, I couldn't. I, it, I I couldn't. I couldn't. Like I'm. I feel myself getting worked up at it just thinking about it. So that's something too about avoidance is that we we shut down. We close off, you know, someone makes a mistake, good old Miranda, when Carrie was talking to Miranda, you know, someone makes one, one stupid mistake and you completely cut them off. That's me. <laughs> that is me. And that's, you know, that's a lot of avoidance because we, we're sensing this person's dangerous and we don't want to take that risk. So there's a big difference between someone who's triggered and afraid and someone who is thoughtless and calculating. Well, how can you tell the difference when they come back around if they do? Again, if we're if we're talking about someone you'd have just started dating and they're acting either avoidant or manipulative, well, once they resurface, how how was the difference? <laughs> Are they going to say the same things? Aren't they going to say the same things? Um, probably, but again, I think with an avoidant they're more they're more closed off. Whereas, okay. 
And avoidant is very closed off. They don't show their cards. They don't show their hands. They're less likely to be, oh, here's this big, long sob story excuse. There's not going to show a lot of emotion. So they're not going to charm you by sharing their uh, Right. They're not going to try it. Exactly. Okay. That's, That's the thing is you're not going to know, like, why they are like this. For a while, okay. it's going well, to take you go. a, really, a really long time. Does yeah. it? Did that explain it all? I did think that- it did. Yeah, because someone who's manipulative will—I uh, mean, I think—once they resurface, they'll give you a find a way story. to spin a sob story, right? Yeah, to get sympathy. Yeah, and uh, get back mm-hmm. into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and avoidant. Oh, this is it, and this is because I did some reading on this. Uh, an avoidant has very few interpersonal relationships Uh, and that's because we don't typically get close enough to anybody to be able to identify what their vulnerabilities are therefore we cannot use those vulnerabilities to manipulate you okay if that makes sense it does it's kind of reassuring i think right yeah right this is why like i have i can count like my close friends on two fingers that's it and that and that's that's it. We don't open up. We don't um, we don't let a lot of people in. We don't invest a lot of time in people, and so we don't get to know them enough to be able to identify their triggers. I'm gonna once again. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think I'm different here, <laughs> just because I think I read people very well. Mm-hmm. But in general, we don't we don't get to know you enough to be able to identify what your vulnerabilities are, what your triggers are, and then use them to our advantage. Someone toxic, that's what they do. Okay. Are we thanking you next on that one? I think so. All right. All right. So this next TikTok, it's about the dating app algorithms and how it's keeping you single. So here's a really weird thing about dating apps. Try this out. Get your friend's phone and open up their dating app and see what kind of people that they see. Most likely, it's going to be a completely different type of person than the type of people that you see. That's because most people have a type, and you probably have a type, and the dating apps kind of learn what type that you like, and they'll just keep showing you more of that type of person. And I've said this before, and some people got really mad at me, but I'm going to say it again because it's the truth. If you're the type of person that's like, why are all men like this, or why are all girls gold diggers and blah, 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 they're not. That's just your type, and the algorithm has figured it out. So here's a. Now I th- I find that fascinating and also 100 percent accurate. Hmm. What you don't agree with? I it? just think probably you're seeing the same people. <laughs> no, I I don't. And I will first, this guy's uh, username on TikTok is Chalupa Batman GG. Okay. Now, I absolutely agree with this and believe this because those algorithms, it's kind of like TikTok, right? If you Mm -hmm. think about TikTok and you think about what are you saying when you're, when you and I are recording a show, we'll be talking about an episode from Sex and the City. Oops, it shows up in my TikTok feed, Mm -hmm. right? Those algorithms, they're listening. They're, They're listening to what you say. They're listening to what you type. They're seeing who you swipe on. They're seeing who you unmatch. Okay. They're seeing right. who makes sexual comments in their messages. Mm-hmm. And because you continue to interact with them, and that seems to be a focus for you, those dating app algorithms, 
I think are no different than the TikTok algorithm. How specific that algorithm is. I think dating app algorithms okay. are, are getting to that, that level, to that maybe. place. Yeah, maybe. So I guess uh, I was just thinking like probably most friend groups are kind of homogenous. <laughs> so you probably are seeing the same people because you probably are. No, that's the same what he's people. saying. You don't see the same, pe- same people. He said, right. if you went onto your friends and you logged into your friend's account, you'd probably see a completely different set of people. Right, than, and, than and I'm assuming that wouldn't be true because I'm assuming friend groups are homogenous. Uh, I don't know. Maybe in certain cases, I I just I think there's a, I just think there's a lot of truth to what he's saying, and I think it, it can explain why people are having the same the same. Same encounters, yeah. Encounters over yeah. and over and over. I have never, I have never, in my time in this in this the dating space, I have never seen so many people have so many awful interactions <laughs> and like so many lot. bad dates. I've never seen it. It simply was not like this mm-hmm. seven years ago, five years yeah. ago. And I think not only is it's it's technology, but it's that algorithm. I think that algorithm listens to everything that you say. I think it picks up on what you type. So if you're constantly in these comments and men are this and blah 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 and I this and he single dad, well, that I really truly believe these algorithms are listening. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go in, if, you, if I'm talking to you about a book that I want to read, and I go out, log into Facebook and there's an ad for it, yeah. Right? If, well, if you keep talking about fuckboys, don't be surprised if it keeps <laughs> showing up in your in your search stack. <laughs> right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you seem more like, oh, I'm just kind of going along with this. Uh well, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's something to, to consider. Mm-hmm. I think it's something to consider. And I, I think, think you know, if you are one of those people that constantly has the same experience over and over and over again. I need to make it very clear that dating is hard, but it the difficulty involved with dating does not explain why you're having this sort of groundhog day yeah. moment over yeah, that and is over. Weird. It's 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 not. It's yeah. not just dating. You have to understand that there is something I re- I remember I remember that guy I liked at the gym. And he didn't wear a wedding ring. So I was like, oh, he's single. But something, uh, something, my subconscious knew, nah, he's probably unavailable. He's probably married. I just, you know, he's older. He must be, he's good looking. He must, he must be, he must Mm -hmm. be married. And that's what I would tell myself. Well, I didn't know it at first. I didn't know that he was married. On some level, subconsciously, I knew he was unavailable. I didn't get involved (laughs) with him, by the way. I just crushed on him. I just thought he was single. Um, On some level, I knew. So this is what I'm saying. I think when you do something over and over and over again, your brain, I don't think I know this. This is science. Your brain develops a pathway and it tells your brain tells you what to do when you when it recognizes certain cues. So if you see somebody and you know, let's say they're a, a, can, 
atypically attractive or they compliment you right off the bat or they talk about your you know the your physical features or they objectify you in some way mm. those are things that your brain might think oh that's normal that that's that's normal there's nothing wrong with that and so that kind of starts to get you more invested in this person yeah and then you have more of that groundhog day experience over and over again <laughs> right yeah that makes sense okay Sarah, spin it. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the best way to bring up to a guy that you're ready to be official? So the guy already said that we're exclusive the first two weeks of talking, but never said we're dating, and now we're at the two-month mark. Fuck this guy. Honest to God, with these... Well, we're exclusive, but guys know what words to use. This is why with men, you have to be, you have to talk to them like they're a fucking fifth grader. Uh, you have younger even. You have to be so specific. Yeah. Exclusive. Exclusive. So ex- what? <laughs> meaning we're only, we're only, um, romantically involved and and intimate with each other that we're monogamous because they'll throw words out knowing that we will interpret them one way. They're, men know what they're right. doing. Yeah, they're I mean, we use the word exclusive, know. but you are telling us that it's during the first two weeks of talking. That's confusing on purpose. Right. It's confusing. Please, even the nicest of men will confuse you on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Because it's it, very it intentional. benefits them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it could benefit them. Right. <laughs> they think. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how about we do this? How about we don't let men decide any of this? Yeah, I mean, the best way to bring it up is um, to bring it up. Right. So you said that we were exclusive. What I feel it's been two months. I'm ready to be monogamous and exclusive and in a relationship. Period. Period. Statements fucking only. That's it. It's not open for discussion. It's not open for debate. This is what I want. This is where I feel we're at. Either you agree or you don't. And if you don't, we are done. I'm not going to waste any more of my precious time with you. No. Value your time. Right. Right. Am I being too talky this this episode? No. I don't think so. I feel like you're this your podcast, so I I just feel like <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you're the humor here. I think you're like I want to. I, I want some. Uh, you know, <laughs> I want some more. Go fuck that, guys. Well, this is certainly one potentially. I mean, yeah the the best way to bring it up is to bring it up. Right. It doesn't matter when you do it because you're well, not like I. I guess I want to point out the inclination that is coming through here or that I think I'm picking up on is like, how do I like gently like trick him <laughs> into saying <laughs> this yeah. what he wants. Well, you're not going to trick him. <laughs> right. And furthermore, why would you want to trick him? Right. Like, don't you want to be in a relationship with someone who is, is excited to be there? Value your time. Just right. bring it up. Bring it up anytime. Anytime. Yes. Doesn't matter. It, no questions. No, hey, can we talk about something? No. No. 
next time you're out. So it's been a couple of months and I feel as though I'm ready to be exclusive and monogamous and call this a relationship. Period. That's it. That's Thank it. you. Good night. Tip your waitresses. Get the veal. Good night. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's and, just- and and maybe I mean we don't know this guy obviously, but like Don't it, we though? If well, if he's <laughs> a fuckboy, mm-hmm. maybe expect a couple moments of silence. But just sit with it. You don't yeah. break down first. Do not. Do not. <laughs> you do make not the statement and you leave it. <laughs> Let it hang. That's it. <laughs> Let it hang there. Say nothing. Don't break down. <laughs> don't break character. Don't break the fourth wall. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Say nothing. <laughs> this is a... Uh... This is a statements only kind of thing, right? Because if he could get you to backpedal or couch it in any sort of vagueness, that behooves him. Or he thinks it does. Right. And if he comes back with, I, I told you that we're exclusive. Yes, but we've never defined that. Let's define that now. Exclusive to me means we're not sleeping with anybody else. We're not talking to anybody else. We're not dating anybody else. We are in a monogamous, committed relationship. Right. Um, but like fully, fully define what it means. Like if, if you are someone who will get upset if he's liking other girls' Instagram photos, mention that. Yeah. I, okay. Cause he will play, he will play stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> later on. If Absolutely. it him. I'm telling you, get, a, you have to be like a fucking lawyer. You really do. Yeah. You, you kind of have to get it in writing. <laughs> they really are because men are used to getting away with everything and being able to do whatever the hell they want and never being told no. And they know what words to use to make, to shut women up. See, that's what something that they know how to do. They know how to shut women up. Uh Uh-huh. Right. They know what to tell us to shut us up. They know what words to you. Sexually exclusive. Get the fuck out of here. What is that? What are we talking about? Oh, sexually exclusive is a new one. Yeah. Sexually monogamous. What? Or what is it? Yeah, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of room there. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. hurt your partner, right? Uh huh. So if you're just stopping just short of sex, right? Because then you have to define sex, right? Right. It's it's the fucking Bill Clinton trial. You you have to be what's the name? What's like? Can you have to be Ken Starr? Mm. That's who you have to be. I know that brings up bad memories, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because and Bill Clinton is a perfect example. Well, how- he really is. I don't know if everyone listening knows what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. You you tell them. Um, well, I don't even, I don't know that I know all the details, but basically, as we know, Bill Clinton um, fucked Monica Lewinsky a number of times. Mm-hmm. She probably would have said they were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the impeachment trial, Bill Clinton famously said, well, that depends on what the definition of is is. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's but, the level of semantic gymnastics we're, we're, but he we're expecting also, here. He, he also, there was a question that was asked to him and it was phrased incorrectly and because it was phrased incorrectly but technically the answer was no but really right right yeah did you have sexual intercourse it was something it was phrased incorrectly and clinton just he knew exactly how to answer it because he was a lawyer too right 
Yeah. So they know. They know how to. They're really good at avoiding responsibility. Bless they their are. little, their little yeah. black hearts. <laughs> well, and if you're talking to someone who wants to find a loophole, they're yeah, they're they're going to be seeking those out and exploiting right. them. Right. So that's why you define it. You make a statement. You let it hang there. If it's awkward, why? Why is it awkward? Good. Let it. Let it. Let him squirm. Let him. You go into that. See what you have to present is a absolutely confident front. Yeah. Because they're waiting for you to break down. They're waiting for you to seem needy. They're waiting for you to compromise. Well, you know, we don't have to. And why don't we do? Nope. Give them nothing. Right. Yeah. I mean, yep. (laughs) You know what I mean? And the the reason for this behavior, though, too, is that men have, by and large, grown up thinking that they are the prize. And merely having them means that the woman is winning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that is not true. <laughs> it is not always better to simply not be single. We're we're setting the bar much higher than that, right? Right. They see they they wait for us to spoon feed them something, give them nothing, give them nothing, make them work. And if they and if they're ready. And, they, and look, and they might hem and haw a little bit to, you know, and look, if I was put on the spot, I, I might lose my composure too. Sure. Right. So they might say something like, well, I thought we were exclusive. Oh, they'll do that. But I thought we, and then they'll try to gaslight you. No. Be very clear on what the story is going into this conversation. They're going to say, this I will- thought we were exclusive. Yeah. Because he'll say, well, I told you we were exclusive. Yes, but we didn't define that and we should have let's let's bang that out now. Yeah. You're fucking Joan Crawford in front of PepsiCo. Remember that. You know that's please tell me you know that scene. I don't know what oh, that means. <laughs> Joan Crawford famously in that movie Mommy Darius, don't fuck with me, boys. Don't fuck with me, fellas. This is not my first time at the rodeo. She's negotiating with them. They were she was I think a, a sponsor or something of mm. Pepsi. I don't know what the story was. I don't know if they were going to pull. I don't know what the story was, but they were obviously going to screw her over because, of course, man, yeah. and he's a woman. And she, she just said, "Flat, don't fuck with me." No, I it really. Exactly I mean, it I'm really is here. like a contract negotiation, right? It is. Like you, you do need to go in knowing, like, what, what am I going to accept? What's the minimum I'll accept? Right. In this case, right. it's it's a relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And you wouldn't think twice if this were a job. Well, what's one of the first things you should ask? How would that you would ask? What's the salary? Yeah. What's yep. my time off? What's the vacation time? What are the benefits like? Right. What is this company? You would nail it down before you committed yes. to going into that place every day. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanking you. Thank you. Next on this one. Thank you. Next. And Thank uh, you next. follow up. Follow up. Yeah, we want to hear follow yeah. up. All right. So. Here's a here's an evergreen topic, um, but a good one. Why is feeling butterflies on a date a red flag or a warning sign from a psychological perspective? So many people that I know don't go on second dates if they don't feel that spark. But I never trust the butterfly feeling or the spark, and I can't explain why. We're well, in luck. You're luck, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so first understand that the brain doesn't know the difference between anxiety and excitement. It, it differentiates it differentiates the two experiences based on the narrative we attach to it. 
Okay. So that's why we get confused. So a lot of times we're out with somebody, things are going really well, you think they're really cute, you're, you're attracted to them. But there's something, there's some uncertainty. A nervousness. Uh, a nervousness. Yeah. But we're, we, we tell ourselves, oh, no, that's just because we like them. That's the narrative we've attached to it. Um, well, and it might be because you like them, like right? Like you, you probably do like them, but something mm-hmm. about them is making it's you tr- feel nervous to fuck this up. It's triggering you. Something about yeah. them is triggering you. Something about there is an uncertainty. There's something about their behavior that is reminding you of somebody yeah. or, or, or an experience. It's, it's triggering something in you. That's yeah. what butterflies are. Yeah. Butterflies are anxiety. I think so. And, and anxiety typically has a physical component like that stirring in your stomach. Right. Or sweating or blushing or you get a maybe a pit in your stomach. Whereas excitement is more an overall, it's sort of like the difference between intuition and anxiety. Anxiety has that physical component, whereas intuition, excitement, those are things that it's just a sense. Um, that it's just a it's just a general feeling, and it's typically about something immediate. I think. Well, also, most people don't describe situations where they feel like there is some danger or risk involved as exciting. Right. Right. Like it might be thrilling. Right. But it's not exciting. I feel like exciting means you're feeling positively about the outcome, whatever it is. Like you mm-hmm. you don't know what the outcome is necessarily. Right. And like you appreciate really- the mystery, mm-hmm. but you can appreciate the mystery because regardless, you know that it's going to be a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas butterflies to me say, yeah, this could go either way. This is either going to thrill me or this is going to hurt me. Yeah. Butterflies basically come down to uncertainty. Yeah. Butterflies are triggers. Butter something. Now, that doesn't mean that that's a red flag. Right. Unless there is a more, if there is more of an overwhelming feeling of fear or dread. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's your, in- <laughs> but we, we yeah. laugh at that, but a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what dread feels like. They don't know the difference between That's fear and dread. Because hmm. those are two very different, they're, they're two different emotions. Dread is a lot more intense. Um, and I think a lot of times people, they, when they feel those butterflies, they, they think it's a good thing. And they also, they don't, they override their intuition a lot. Yeah. If the, you know what I mean? If they, they just think, oh no, this means I'm, I'm, I like them. No, it, not necessarily. And it doesn't, just because they, you, you might be getting triggered by them a bit doesn't necessarily mean they pose a threat. And I think that's the word we've been looking for is threat. You're feeling those butterflies because there's a threat. Yeah. Not now, because your brain thinks there's a threat. That's the difference. Your brain thinks there's a, a threat. And it could be that this person resembles, reminds you, says something, does something, their tone of their voice, a mannerism, it triggers something in you. Right. And yeah. You, it, it, some kind yeah. of some kind of fear-based 
yeah. <laughs> anticipation of the worst case scenario. Also, let's not confuse a spark with butterflies. Okay. Because I think those are two different things. I think they are too. Um, a spark yeah. is more of rapport. Yeah, I think so. You know, when you have a spark with somebody, there's an intrigue. There's rapport. There's the beginnings of attraction. And it doesn't have to be that intense. You, you just want a little teeny tiny glimmer. That's where you want to start. Well, a little, teeny, yeah, I mean, tiny again, glimmer. to me, spark implies like, oh, this, okay, there's promise. Right. There's which potential. Is positive. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But when it's intense, when it seems too good to be true, when, the, oh, we have such a great connection, that's when you have to go, mm-mm, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Why am I feeling that way? You know, am I, is this accurate? Do I need to, a little time away for a second to maybe let the, let the brain chemicals normalize? Because that's typically what's going on is we're feeling too comfortable. We're producing a lot of that oxytocin because we're sharing and we're opening up and we're thinking, oh, they feel the same way. That's your, that's the oxytocin convincing you of something that isn't real. Yeah. It's making you more trusting. So, um, so there you go. The- there you have it. What was the what was the final question? Was, did we answer the question? Yeah, the question is like, uh, why is feeling butterflies a bad sign, and why don't I why don't I trust it? Because butterflies are a sign of a potential threat. Yeah, that's it. That's what it comes down to. That's what the butterflies are. Okay, dateologycoach.com. Submit a dating question. Please send in your dating questions. This is the first of the month. First episode of every month is always free. And we do a we do a full length episode. In the following weeks, we post two episodes per week, Tuesday and Thursday. If you go to our Patreon, you can sign up. You can either sign up at the five dollar level, get one episode per week per week, seven dollar level, you can get two episodes per week, ten dollar level, get the two episodes per week, plus the monthly dating advice Zoom that we have. Would you call it a dateology coach palooza? Because I will. <laughs> it's a real good time, y'all. It's a real good time. You got to join. And I think we should drink on those. Sure. If you can make it, 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 then we should drink on those. Now, there's Substack too. Now, Substack, it's the same two episodes, but the Substack also gets the regular dating advice columns where I yes. publish one or two of those a week. I churn out quite a bit of uh, written content as well where people- you really do. Some of the letters that get sent in, I answer on Substack. Mm-hmm. You're very and prolific. I really am. I always have been, my yeah. friend. Uh, so, same two po- podcast episodes. You do. I, you know, I understand how confusing this is, and I really do think we have to come up, come up with a solution. Um, because people are like, well, do I have to belong to Patreon and Substack? No, you can belong to well, one. No, you don't have to. <laughs> Right. You don't have yeah. to. Yeah. But they are di- it is different. It's different. It content. is different because yeah. Substack includes all the written dating advice columns as well. And Patreon yeah. does not. That is datologycoach.substack.com. Follow us on Instagram at datologypod. Follow me on Instagram at the Kristen M. T-H-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-N-M. Follow me on TikTok at datologycoach. Um Dare I say, Luca is sleeping. Lovely, lovely girl. I love that for her. Love that for us. (laughs) Yep, that too. Okay, so we'll be publishing. (laughs) This is the free episode. We'll be publishing a bonus episode on Thursday. Bye. Bye.